Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. No, I'm still the same. <laughs> All right. Let's start with David. Mike, David Moore, Dallas Morning News. You start by talking about what attracted you to Mike Zimmer and uh, what you expect him to, to do with this defense and what's in place. Well, I've always had uh, such great respect for Mike. You know, we've competed against each other so many times over the years. I mean, even going back to New Orleans when Mike was coordinating here in Dallas and, and obviously our time in the NFC North. So, you know, really just going through the whole process, you know, post, you know, uh, announcement of Dan uh, getting the Washington job, you know, we kind of had two buckets that we that we looked at as far as individuals that they were tied to the existing defense, and then uh, looking at former former head coaches with something that, you know, if you point points to my history is is a preference that that I, I feel is very important, and um, and then you know having a chance to sit down and talk to Mike and you know and I'll let him talk about his time off and so forth, but just just a, I, I just think it's an incredible fit for us. Is that the other point, especially now that you're a play caller as well, the comfort you have with yeah. Mike having been a head coach before and just turning over that side to him? And Definitely. I mean, I think there's just so many things that go on, uh, even more so today than, you know, back in 06 when it, when it's, you know, my head coaching career started that you have to do. And I think if you are going to, I mean, there's only so many minutes, so many hours in a day. I know as a head coach, you're responsible for everything, but the reality is you can't be everywhere. And, um, and so I, I think the importance of the leadership um, role on defense uh, outside of scheme, calling games and coaching players. There's so much more that goes on as far as the, the assistant coaches and, um, and and I think it's important and obviously Mike's experience and uh, success that he's had at, at, at every level um, is once again just makes this a great fit. Zim Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, how does it feel to be back and did you ever expect to come back? Um, it feels outstanding. I mean, you know, I got two grand grandkids, uh, twins to, that uh, my daughter has. That, um, I'm excited to be around a little bit more. Um, you know, I've always loved Dallas. I've always loved the Cowboys. I've had a chance uh, a lot of times. Mike and I were on a committee together, so we were able to, to uh, you know, kind of talk away from football. Um, back in the day, we we're on the John Madden committee, and then, um, and then, you know. Did I ever think I'd be back? I don't know. I always kind of hoped I would be. Um, you know, when when uh, when my time was off, I'd had some phone calls of going places, and um, I wanted to be somewhere where I knew people and I trusted people. Um, and so when this opportunity came up, I was excited because uh, the relationship I had with Mike and even the conversations that we've had since I've been here, you know, telling stories about when we played up in Green Bay or they played in Minnesota. And then, uh, you know, with Jerry and Steven and uh, those things. But I've had such great respect. You know, I, I actually told him the same thing. When I was in the NFC, 
at North, he was the one I respected the most. You know, they were the best team. They were the most well coached. Um, you know, their teams played the right way, and so we tried to emulate a lot of those things, and so that we could we could uh, hopefully compete against them. So there was never thought of retirement or anything like that after Minnesota. No, not really. Um, sometimes it's forced retirement, you know, but uh, it's more about um, getting the right situation for you. Like I said before, um, I had opportunities, other opportunities that I that I could have taken, and uh, but I wasn't going to go somewhere that I didn't I didn't feel comfortable with with the the organization and and uh, the people there. Mike Todd Archer with ESPN. What do you think of the pieces that you have available to you here on this defense, and how can you make this defense better than what it's been? Yeah, well, it's a, hopefully I can. Um, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, they've been pretty good. Uh, you know, I know there's been some situations where um, <clears throat> things haven't happened, but that happens in coaching. You know, it all happens a lot. So um, we're going to look at the, the players, try and figure out the best way to use them, um, put the scheme together, um, and again, you know, we, we want to take the good things that they've done and maybe add a few more other things that we've done good in the past and try to try to make this thing manageable where, you know, we're disciplined and we're, um, you know, well coached, we're um, play together as a team. Um, you know, we try to we try to make sure everybody understands their role so that other people on the on the field can have success doing their job. John. Yeah, Michelle with the Athletic. Uh, specifically, though, with Michael Parsons, what have you thought of him as a player, and does he kind of remind you of any other players you've worked with? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he's a terrific player. You know, you watch him on on tape, and he makes uh, some unbelievably athletic plays. Uh, you know, at this point in stage right now, I'm trying to figure out get the coaches in here and then we can sit down and one of, I think one of the strengths that I've always had is to look at players and, and kind of have a vision for each player and then try to figure out how we can use them in the best way um, one of the things I would hate to do right now is to tell you how I'm thinking about playing him without talking to him and letting letting him think okay this is what we're thinking about doing with you Micah um, I don't think I should tell you guys first before I tell him if that's and then I was just going to ask you, is, is there anything that maybe stood out to you the last couple of years that maybe you missed about the NFL? Um, yeah, I mean, you always miss football. I mean, you miss coaching. You miss the relationship with the players. You miss relationship with the coaches. Um, you know, I have, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I probably need a little time off just because of uh, some of the things that happened with my family. And, uh, you know, that was <clears throat> that was important to me to take some time to help the rest of my family in some of those situations too. So, um, <clears throat> you know, but at the end of the day, it draws back in. You know, my dad was a high school coach for 30 some years and, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. So <clears throat> I'm excited to try to get where, where I can try to help players be better and teams to be better and groups to be better. That's that's what I, I, I try to do. Um, you know, I try to coach every position. Um, I try to show them why it's it's important to them. And, and uh, you know, and it gets me excited when I can see other players improve. And even if it's just a little bit, it improve at one thing or improve at another thing or how we can all get better together. Calvin. Calvin Watkins, Dallas Blankers. 
Coach McCarthy was away, he went in the lab and looked at a lot of different things. Did you do anything similar to what he did when he was away? Well, I did. I did some some of that. Um, you know, a lot of it. I I did a lot of reflection on. Um, what my time in Minnesota, you know, the eight years, the things that I felt like we did good, the things um, that I felt like I didn't do as good, trying to figure out, you know, how I can be a better coach in the future. Um, obviously, there was all, always some tape watching and, and uh, things like that. Marvin and I, Marvin Lewis and I was a great friend. Um, you know, we did a podcast, and then afterwards we'd sit on there and um, we'd watch tape together and talk about players and talk about schemes and things like that. But a lot of it was a lot of it was reflection on um, you know what I did well and what I didn't do well. Saad. Saad, you the athletic. Uh, Mike, when you when you kind of look at the way the I know you haven't been out that long, but uh, when you look at just the way offenses evolve constantly in the NFL, whether it's you know the, the McVeighs and Shanahan's and all that stuff, where have you kind of seen the NFL offenses go, and how do you kind of see your defense fitting? Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of different kind of scheme scheme things. That, you know, the, um, you're, you're starting to see a lot more of the receiver outside motion and with speed going up the field. You're, you know, you're seeing, obviously, in the last few years, there's been a lot of the jet sweeps and rocket motions and things like that. So I think that's been a lot of it. Um, you know, we've... We've all talked about the different uh, ways to handle it, and you know, football is an evolving game, whether it's offense or defense, and so it it all kind of comes back. You know, the defense catches up, then the offense catches up, and it just kind of goes from there. So, um, without being too specific, I know I'm not, but um, you know, we'll we'll have ways to combat these things. Uh, just curious about your thoughts on Al Harris and kind of, you know, as you're putting the staff together, how he kind of fits in. Yeah, um, I had a good visit with Al and the rest, the rest of the coaches here. And, um, you know, he's, you know, it's up to, obviously, Mike has made the decision that, you know, these guys are going to be here. And so we had a good conversation that, um, uh, that he's going to still be here with us. And uh, I'm excited to work with him. And, you know, I've heard a lot of great things about uh, the work that he does and, and uh, really all the guys here. Garrett. Garrett Podell, CBS Sports. Mike, you came up as a defensive backs position coach. What are your thoughts on coaching Deron Bland coming off the historic year and Trayvon Diggs coming off his ACL injury? Yeah, well, I'm always excited to coach with, with good players and, and uh, good defensive backs. You know, it's kind of was my, as you said, my baby coming up. Um, you know, I, I love the technical aspect of that position. Um, I know you guys that were here 18 years ago. When I was, you probably saw some some of that stuff when I was here. But uh, you know, footwork, technique, uh, hand placement, um, you know, getting out of the break, shoulder shoulder level, you know, all those things. And so, um, you know, those two guys. Obviously, I've never worked with them, so I don't know. I've only seen them on tape. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, we can continue to get continue to get them better. I know, you know, obviously, I've, I've watched some of those guys on tape. Yeah. Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com. Are we going to let Mike answer? You're doing a hell of a job. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you into this one, Mike. Uh, talking about you're looking for the right opportunity to be able to come back to football, being able to link back up with McCarthy and, and the Joneses. What about those conversations last week and even into the weekend led you to believe that this is the right opportunity? Well, I knew right away it was the right opportunity. Um, you know, there was there was another club talking to me, and uh, but th this was this was where I wanted to come. Um, 
you know, and Mike and I had some great conversations on the phone. We had some great conversations, uh, and since I've, I've been, uh, you know, been here, and um, you know, and I've always been comfortable with with Stephen and Jerry. You know, they've been outstanding to my family. You know, ever since you know when I was here, way way back in, when, and so. Um, it, there was never a, a question of whether or not I wanted to be here at all. Um, I yeah, probably couldn't think of, of the 32 teams, more than one that I really wanted to be at. And then, Mike, what are some memories you have from the NFC North days? Is there anything that was talked about last week in passing is kind of a fun memory? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you remember plays and games. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if you would ask anybody, uh, during my time in Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the whole staff and so forth, you know, Mike was always the toughest to play against. You know, and I think any time – the division games are the hardest, clearly. Uh, but they're always, you know, extra tough against Mike, you know, particularly, you know, just the way he would lay out the defense, you know, the change-up calls. And, you know, a lot of things in football, everybody has a, a menu of things you look at. But, you know, he has a great fastball, great curveball, and a sweet change-up. So that's the way I look at it. Jeff. Jeff Colton with Fox 4. Mike, welcome back. Uh, two questions for you. You spent some time at the college level the last two years. Can you talk about your connection with Dion and, and what your style is for connecting with young players today? Yeah, well, uh, first thing is is that, you know, Dion and I connected here many, many years ago. I didn't know him at all. Um, you know, the first time I met him, uh, you know, he basically had an entourage with him and, you know, the change and all the stuff. And we be we've become unbelievably great friends um, you know he's I haven't spent as much time at, at uh, Jackson State in Colorado as people think um, quite honestly I was at Jackson State two days and I have never been to Colorado but we talk on the phone a lot he asked me a lot of questions about coaching and and fly coaches and coaching and and different things but um, you know so and as far as the second question um, you know there's a reputation out there that I'm a jerk or something like that, which hey, it is what it is, I guess. But um, but you know, since I since I since it was announced that I was going to be here, I've heard from so many players that played for me. Uh, uh, players here, not just defensive backs, but linebackers and defensive linemen, uh, texted me and said how happy they are for me. And I think if I was such a jerk, I wouldn't be hearing from those guys. Part of the last oh, I thought that was two questions. You were part of the last Super Bowl title here. What are your favorite memories from that and appreciation for what that meant? Well, it's hard. I mean, it was hard. We had, uh, I remember we, you know, Kevin Williams had to catch a third and 12 or something in order for us to beat the Giants to win the division. And uh, we weren't playing great there at the end. And uh, I used to tell this story to my team all the time. Um, you know, we, we go out there and and we go out to Arizona. I think we play Arizona, and we're flying out there, and San Francisco gets beat the day before. And, uh, like, the mood of the team just completely changed. And we got out – we got Arizona because we knew we were going to – if we won, we were going to have home field advantage. We go out there, and we beat the dog out of them. And uh, from there it was – you know, nice and easy the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, I was a little worried when Pittsburgh onside kicked there a little bit and got, I think it was the start of the second half and got it. But, um, you know, that that's so much about the mentality of football teams, uh, you know, of just how you're, how you're thinking. But, you know, 
I'm not sure we would have won the Super Bowl then that year if if those kind of things didn't happen toward the end of the year. And um, you know, obviously, it's a great feeling when you win. And um, you know, Mike's won it too, so he can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Brad. Brad Sham, Cowboys Radio. Zim, let's uh, go, go back to the, even when you first went to Minnesota. The young men coming into the league as players, how have they? How are they different, the kids who come into the league now compared to back then? Um, you know, I think, Brad, the biggest thing is um, the ones that want to be great, they want to be coached. You know, they, they want to be coached. Now, you know, there there's a lot more social media. There's a lot more of the uh, outside stuff going on. But, you know, the ones that I w I've been around, the young guys, the ones that want to be great, they want to be coached. They want to study. They want to they wanna understand, you know, how they can get better. And to me, that's what the, most all the great players, they want to know how can you make me better. And, um, you know, so I, I think uh, – you know, and y'all had Anthony Barr here. I love Anthony Barr. Um, you know, he was a little hurt when he, you know, playing here. But, you know, he was a young guy, and he was terrific, great leader, studied, did all the things. And, um, you know, so we had a lot of guys like that that, that uh, come in there. Now, I coached the Polynesian Bowl high school all-star game a couple weeks ago, and uh, – now those guys were dancing between plays, and they had the they had the uh, um, the attention span of about two seconds. But um, you know, I I think great players want to be great. Uh, Mike, um, which of your current players do you have the kind of relationship with that they could come up and hit you on the sideline like Kelsey did, and, and everything would be fine. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Brad. I mean, I don't know what. Um, no, I, I think just like anything. I mean, you know, I just think sometimes those guys forget how strong they are. You know, but yeah, I, I've been punched, I've been pushed, and I, I think it's just part of that relationship. Uh, hey, Mike, Pat Donovan with NBC here in Dallas. Um, you were talking about the players you coached, clearly not thinking you're a jerk in your style, but it was Darren Woodson who was at the Super Bowl, your biggest cheerleader, talking about how hard you coached but the impact you made on him, those players from those teams, I mean, what's the relationship like? We heard you mentioned Dion and what he did for you the last couple of years too. How much do you appreciate the relationship with those Cowboys great players that you're now part of this organization again? Oh, it's everything. Um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why you coach is to um, try to develop players and then develop a relationship with them. And then hopefully it's someday they appreciate what you've, what you've helped them do, you know, the coaches can't play for him, obviously, but you know maybe you can help him get a little bit better. Um, you know, Charlie Williams called me the other day. You know, which you know, Charlie he had a nickname that I can't say here, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know, a lot of these these guys, um, you know, that when you hear from these guys and they call you from, um, you know, and I've had several Minnesota players call me as well. Um, I think that's. Uh, it, it makes you feel good because, you know, they think about you and they appreciate you. And if he said that your style is to not be someone who is your friend, is to get the best out of you, how would you describe your coaching style? Has it evolved at all over the years, or are you still the same guy you've been your entire career? Well, I think these guys that have been here saw me 18 years ago, they've evolved. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sitting there. And I think I've evolved, too, or otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here. But, um, you know, 
I, I'm demanding. I try, I try to get the best out of the players. But, you know, to me, there's a difference. You know, I had one player who was a, a terrific player, and you could not yell at him. You had to put your arm around him. You had to talk to him, whisper. He didn't like to be reprimanded in front of people. And so that's what I did with him, and he became a, a terrific player. Other players, you know, I'd get after, and, you know, I'd probably know some of the names. One of them was here. Um, but uh, I'll say it to him, Pac-Man Jones, right? He, he gives me the biggest hugs now when I see him, but, I, you know, you know we ha we've had our our issues, you know, going back and forth. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I think everybody's different. You try to you try to hit the button however it is, is to make them better. Got it. Uh, Kevin Sharon, Dallas Morning News. Uh, you talked about how you evolved, obviously, as everybody else had. What has not changed about you since you were here last night? Competitiveness. Um, probably um, being technique oriented, being fundamental, uh, disciplined, um, you know, those are the kind of things that kind of get me grouchy. <laughs> Ed Warder, ESPN, if each of you could address the, uh, when Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator, obviously created a great emphasis on turnovers and defensive touchdowns, and you guys dominated that statistic across all three years. Does that approach continue here, or do you have to give up something there to be more sound and play, you know, defense against the run and so forth, areas which have been weakness in recent years? I mean, I, I don't think so. I think every every coach um, is trying to win the turnover battle. Um, I know that's been, you know, my personal history as an assistant and as a head coach. Um, so how you train it. Um, I think it's like everything in this game. You know, Mike's talked a lot about technique and fundamentals, and you know, your ROI usually speaks to the energy and, and what you put into it. Uh, but you know, but with that, um, it's also you know we're aware of the, the discipline things that we need to be better at. But I, I don't think that takes away from our ability to take care of the football and take the ball away. How big a point of emphasis is that for you? Well, it's always a point of emphasis, and I, you know, I, I do think you know if you look at turnovers typically they come from um, quarterback hits overthrows you know things like that where, you, where quarterbacks make the wrong reads um, you know you knock the ball out of somebody's hands because you're physical um, I think all those things kind of incorporate all those things and you know if it, you have in, in my opinion I've always felt like you have to be fundamentally sound to get to the football in the right way and then once you get there then then now it's it's doing that and then you know, if you if you if you never hit the quarterback, you're not going to get turnover. So, um, you know, obviously we're always going to try and hit the quarterback. You know. Joe Craig, WFAA. I got one for each bike. Zim, I'll start with you. Um, you mentioned how some of these players have reached out to you. Were there some of those players who maybe had to mature a little bit before they understood what you did for them when they were players? And if so, what did they say they they figured out or understood? Yeah. Um, so I'll give you a good good example. Um, Xavier Xavier um, Rhodes called me uh, probably five months ago, and um, you know I was on his rear end every day about being disciplined, you know, getting in the right footwork, all this stuff. He became a terrific player, you know, and uh, he called me and he just said, "Coach, I know how hard you were on me, but I appreciate what you've done for for me and the family and the things like that." And I mean, you hear that, you know. There's a you know 
probably was too hard on a lot of players, but you know I've heard it several times, and so um, you know I think that's um, it makes you feel good that you know they understand that you're you're just trying to help them. You're not you're not just out to be a mean guy or something like that. So. And then uh, Mike, for you, Jerry talked about being all in. Can you give us your description of what being all in would mean for this organization? For the organization? Yes. Uh, I'm just trying to get coaching staff hired right now. Um, no, I, I think with that, obviously we've we've had some really good teams in the last couple of years. You know, you know, we're disappointed that we haven't reached the you know the ultimate goal. But yeah, I think it's just you know identifying the fact that you know it's important to go back and, and, and start the basics, and you know that starts with player acquisition. You know, and and ability to get the new staff and get the personnel guys in in the same room next week, and and just make sure we you know just stay on point and and do the things we need to do to make sure that we're Winning, you know, and, and building that confidence and the things you need to do uh, when it comes down to the stretch, you know, in the playoffs and win and be, a, you know, and, and win playoff games and win championships. So, um, but as far as everything else, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the way I took it. Mike McGuffin, Dallas Morning News, I presume. What needs to be done in the months ahead to get this run defense to where you want it? It needs to be, and how will your philosophies guide that? Well, we got to get the staff together first, and then we got to go through the film. We got, you know, the pro <clears throat> I hate saying process all the time, but you know, there's a process about getting all the. First off, we got to get all the coaches on the same page. We got to speak the same language so the players can speak the same language. So when they come off the field, they speak the same language to me, and you know, because they say, "Oh, this guy did this or that guy did that," and I don't understand what they're saying. So we got to get the communication down first, the techniques down down second. We got to make sure that we we figure out where the personnel is and put them in the right place and then let them and then get them coached up and let them go um you know it's it's too early you know i've been here a day and a half now so it's too early to know a lot of the things that we have to do but that's kind of the the routine that we're going to go through here christy christy scales 105 three the fan cowboys radio Hi, uh, how much of the appeal of this opportunity coming back as coordinator is the fact that you do get to just concentrate on the defense and your thing and not all of those responsibilities that Mike was talking about before as head coach. Yeah, I think that's that's some of it, but um, it was about, really, it's about the opportunity to work with Mike and the opportunity to be here with the Cowboys and, and uh, the organization. Um, uh, you know, like I said, Jerry's been great. Steven, you know, Steven's a great friend. Um, and, but you know, the, the lure was really the football team and Mike. And uh, so I think that was that was the most important thing. Um, the, the one good thing about it is I don't have to do these media conf press conferences every single day anymore, so um, which is okay with me. He wanted to do it by himself, so I, was, I, you know, I think he's pulling your leg a little bit here. Uh, Mike, Joe Witt was with you for a long time. Um, <coughs> Was that a difficult conversation to have to say that he was not going to be the guy here before he moved on to Washington, or how did that all play out? Well, I, th I think the biggest thing is, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that went into, you know, this this hiring process, just like any process too. I mean, you know, there, there's there's a timeline. You know, obviously Dan was the you know was the um, last uh, last guy hired in the cycle. So, uh, and then with that, we wanted to go through a thorough process and. You know, in the, the timing and the opportunity, frankly, you know, knowing Joe and Erica for the amount of time that 
that I have known him and, and, and had a lot of great years together. You know, I think he has a, a great opportunity in Washington. So, um, but we, you know, we wanted to go through a thorough process and, and that led us to hiring Mike. And to fill out the rest of the staff, how long do you guys anticipate that being able to go with all, yeah. a lot of jobs being filled already and people available? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's like any process. There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of conversation. So we're going to be diligent and, and make sure we're you know, thorough in this, in this process too. So I, I don't have a timeline, Todd. Okay. It's for both of you, different questions. Mike, back on the topic of whether or not Zim's a jerk. Uh, you, you were, gee, be subtle, would you? In putting together a staff, I mean, you know, people always talk about putting together a team, but in putting together a staff, how important is it for everyone to have the shared vision, but you want different personalities because players react to people differently and you want to have them be able to go to different people for different things. Well, I mean, Mike brings so much to the table, you know, and I, I think the fact that he's older than me was probably number one. In <laughs> book, but, you know. No, and I, I think too, you know, I, I think as a coach and I think you have to establish it, establish this at a young age and because, uh, you know, being fortunate to be in the NFL and, and I know Mike has seen this too because we've had some conversations about it is, you know, yeah, the, the, the players are different. I mean, society's different. You know, you know, we, we both have children. He has grandchildren. I have teenagers. So, but I think as a coach, you clearly got to decide: um, is it most important to be loved or, or respected? And uh, and I, I've always taken the approach that it, it it is important to be respected. You know, before love, and I think the love comes later because you know, I've found that in my career. That you know, guys probably really don't appreciate you in, until after the fact more, and, and that's fine. That's life. Uh, but we're all here to, to to win a championship, do a job, and and and, and so forth and so forth. So, but I I, I, thought, I, forgot, I forgot what your question was. What, what? No, just the different personalities, <laughs> and, and yeah, just yeah. Being so. I think to clear, I was trying to give you a filibuster. It might need a break. He's kicking me under the table here. But uh, I was just going to say amen to what you just said. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah no, so, no, personalities are very important. And, and I do think, and I, you know, with his experience, the way he came into the league, you know, his father being a high school coach, those things are all very appealing to me. Uh, his work ethic, I mean, and, you know, having a mutual friend in Marvin Lewis and just the people that you really trust in this business, uh, having personal experience. I think Mike might, I mean, I don't know if I've called um, many games against another coordinator in my time in the league, too. So, I mean, all, all that's important. Uh, but the next part is make sure they fit with him in the defensive room and, and you know and and we still have a couple things on offense too so i mean you're always looking to do that but i do i, I think it's very important uh that you choose respect over love uh it's nice to be loved all the time you know but at the end of the day it's you know respect has to be first you know we have one we have run rule one rule in our in our in our football operations and that's no disrespect and that covers everything you know be on time you know talk you know, talk to people the way you want to be talked to, treat others the way you want to be treated. So, and and that's just something I've always tried to live by, especially as a coach. And Mike, you were saying earlier too about you're not going to reinvent the wheel, understanding the staff not set yet. You have all the personnel meetings, but in general, do you have an idea of, of kind of what percentage makes sense to incorporate and change going into this off season, or is that to be determined? Well, I think, I mean, there's, we have, I don't know about percentage, but we, we've, Mike and I have talked about things he'd like to see a little bit different. And, um, you know, I've talked to him about things that we've done in the past. And so I think once we kind of iron things out, at the end of the day, honestly, David, it's about what can the players do? You know, um, 
you know, we can be the smartest guys in the world, but um, if the players can't do what we're asking them to do, then we're, then we're not very smart. So I've always felt like, um, you know, ideas are great and all that, but okay, what can they do? What can they do and, and how proficiently can they do it? Thanks for calling me a jerk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get him back. I'm not going to be confused with the mic and Mike. You're similar in this way. <laughs> but uh, you're the last, you were here when the Cowboys last won a title. You know, and obviously you talked about coming back in relationship with Mike and being comfortable with Jerry and Steven. How much is winning again and winning a Super Bowl again the reason why you're back? There's no other reason. I mean, um, I mean, my grandkids are fine and all that, but I can see them any time. But I didn't come here to do all the work that we need to do if we're not if we're not trying to win the championship. And uh, you know, that won 12 games in three straight years. They're on the cusp. Um, they've got. I think they've done a great job with with the uh, personnel on the team. You know, they've got good coaching staff, and uh, I'm just hoping that I can help a little bit and uh, we can get the players better. And and but that's. I mean, that's the number one goal. There's you know, I didn't come, you know, okay, let's be average this year. Let's, no. Uh, Mike, speaking of the players and stuff, just as a defensive coordinator, how important is it for you as you go into free agency and the draft to have the say and the kind of players that you want to have your imprint on the defense and what kind of style you want to play? Um, uh, you know, the one the one great thing about here, even when I was here a long, long time ago and Talking to Mike how it is here. The coaches have a lot of input, and so you can you can give um, you know we can communicate with Jerry about the things that we're looking for. You know, can you always get him? No, um, but it, you know it's important. Can we can we get this player a little bit better? Can can we get this player a little bit better? And uh, so uh, it's nice to have the 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 you know every pick that you that you want but it doesn't work that way you know there's offensive guys that have to get picked and there's you know defensive guys and guys that you know aren't in the draft so um, we just try to put together the best team we possibly can you talked about the process of uh, getting this job and everything just um, I think reports started coming out on Thursday that things were closed just what were these last few days like for you and closing the deal and and kind of what, what happened there yeah well my 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 daughter who lives with me was was throwing up for three days and she got me sick, so I was in bed for a couple of days and then the Super Bowl was going on. So you know we we kind of really just slow played it and kind of went from there. So um, it wasn't any uh, intense negotiations or anything like that. I knew I wanted to be here. I knew they wanted me to be here, and I'm, you know I was told by oops sorry somebody calling for a job. Um, uh, it, really, it really was. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so, so um, but we knew we would get it. You know, I was told we were going to get this thing done anyway, so it wasn't, it wasn't any big deal. So did you see Rex Ryan's comments? And did you, was there anything? I, I see a lot of Rex Ryan comments. Jeff. <laughs> Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. Um, I'm curious to how much of the Cowboys you saw last season specifically and what jumps out for you now that you get to work with that excites you. Well, you know, I've, I've obviously watched a lot of games, but I watched several games on tape, I don't know, maybe half the season or something like that, just kind of trying to get a feel of the players and, and things. But, uh, um, you know, obviously offense is best, best in, the, in the NFL, which 
I'm not sure I ever had that before. Um, so keep that up, would you? And, and uh, um, you know, and then defensively, I got some terrific players. You know, I watched a lot of these these guys, and um, you know, and you watch the excitement. You know, the the, the fans in Dallas. You know, I I know they live and die with the Cowboys, but you know this. Everybody loves the, the Dallas Cowboys, these fans, and you know that's part of the part of the draw too, is to be excited about having uh, such outstanding, loyal fans that uh, live and die with you every Sunday. Alrighty, thank you all. All right, thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.